How's it going? It's a shitty night tonight. I have two tables, all black people, so I know I'm not making no tips. Are you being serious right now? Yeah, look over there. I have two tables. They're all black. I'm working for free tonight. No, I, I mean, are you being seriously that racist? What? But you don't know that I got to tip you. Yes, I do. Just because they're black? I've been waiting tables for five years. I never got a tip from a black person. Not once. Uh, first of all, I don't believe you. Second of all, that's still racist. <laughs> I am not racist. Screw you. What are you talking about? She says black people don't tip. Are you nuts? Niggas don't tip. Everyone knows that. Have you ever waited tables before? No. Then shut up, asshole. wear my own clothes. I hang out though. I'm a real boss. Big Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he's so sharp. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips Podcast with your host Rod and Karen. And it's just me and you solo, buddy. <laughs> me and you. And I guess it's kind of fitting since it's the 50th episode. Wow, we 50? Yeah, man. I think we're seven months in. Seven months ago, we didn't even have a podcast. <laughs> and now we, we 50. I think we three years out from your daddy's age. We're going to mess around and surpass him. Yeah, so we got uh, 50 episodes. Um, this one being the 50th in the bag. Um, and, you know, of course, thanks to our fans. Thanks to our listeners. Uh, thanks to the people who spread the words and those people who donate. You guys make this possible. Uh, we definitely could not do this without you. And, um, you know, continue to donate. Can continue to spread the word because we need it. And, um, you know, somebody got to pay for this bandwidth. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to monetize it. So... Uh, we're working on that. Um, don't forget, you guys can call and you can leave voicemails at 704-557-0186. 
And after this episode, we're going to start trying to do a few more like remote interviews where we have people call in and we record it and we interview it and we add it on to the show. Uh, so hopefully uh, you guys will be into that. Um, don't forget the unofficial weapon. I mean, unofficial sport of the Black Guy Tips is what? Bullet ball. <laughs> and uh, the official weapon is the... Taser. That's right. Um, and don't forget you can also go to Podomatic.com. Search for the Black Guy Tips. Go to iTunes. Uh, uh, go to Facebook and just search for the Black Guy t- Tips. And you can leave uh, comments on the episodes there. And you can also uh, go to the blog, the Black Tips.blogspot.com. You can leave comments on the episodes there. And, um, you know, feel free to copy and paste these links and spread them on Facebook um, to your friends. Maybe they'll be interested in it unless you shamed of us. You ain't shamed of us, are you? <laughs> Don't be ashamed to listen to us. You do love us. You know you want us. Um, So speaking of voicemails, um, we do have one that we need to play real quick. Um, Okay. So let me go ahead and play this voicemail real quick by my boy Q. Yo, Rod Bass. Or DJ Easy Rock. What up, Karen Boogie, K Boogie? Get it? I'm biting your style, Rod. No, I'm just saying. It's Q. At Q underscore Salazar, I got a question. Um, so you say you don't like to listen to rappers who sound like they couldn't pass their GED. Um, I don't totally believe that, man. I mean, I agree with the statement, and um, and I probably live by that too. But I think there ought to be some ignorant rappers that you enjoy, and I was wondering who that is. There's got to be one or two. Um, for me, it's probably MOP. You know, then cats can't. I don't think they can pass the GED, but I'll be on MOP album in a minute. But I was wondering if there are any cats that you did didn't speak. All right. Well, thanks, Q, for uh, calling the show and dropping us a line real quick. Uh, and his question was, you know, do I have any rappers that you know I listen to that are dumb because. What I basically said on Twitter was, and on the podcast, is I'm done. I don't listen to rappers that I don't think could get their GED. (laughs) So, you know, rappers that, you know, talk like, you know, you know, everything you being on, shorty, y'all me is that, and shit like that. I I don't listen. (laughs) I don't listen to that kind of rap. Make it bounce, bounce. (laughs) Yeah. I don't really listen to that kind of rap. And, um, you know, I'm trying to drum my brain up real quick. And think of some ignorant rappers that I listen to and enjoy. Um, and I can't really think of any character. You, you end in the car with me when I listen to music, do you? Are there any rappers I listen to where you're like, wow, that's real ignorant. Can't believe you listen to this? No. Like, I, like I've listened to a couple rappers as a joke, but never more than once or never to memorize their lyrics. Not enough to say, like, like I have a friend, John, who loves M.O.P., you know, he just loves that ignorant ass MOP music and whatnot. And, you know, that was his stuff, but it's not for me. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, I really would feel like I'd be lying to come up with one on the spot, uh, knowing that I don't really listen to that kind of shit. Um, you know, and I'm the kind of guy I listen to music differently than most people. I don't listen to the radio uh, for number one. Uh, number two, I listen to most music based off of recommendations of people whose opinions I respect. So, uh, if somebody, uh, if I listen to something you recommended, it's probably because I respect your musical opinion. Um, 
But uh, I just don't have. Do you have any care? Mm-mm. No? Yeah, you listen to a lot more rap than I do, so mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I feel like I let you down, man, but I can't think of not even one. <laughs> um, and there's been some ignorant-ass songs that I've liked. Um, now, that's true now. But even those, it's like a they, they have a shelf life. I just I stopped listening to them almost as fast as I start. Yeah, one of my favorite songs. I don't know who make it, but I'm in love with a stripper. That's one of my jumps now. T-Pain. <laughs> I love that song. But um, like a lot of you guys, are not just you, Q. I'm talking about people in general, yeah. not necessarily you. A lot of people go out and they buy these whack-ass artists knowing they're whack. And and, uh, and it's kind of weird to me because they're like, nah, man, you got to understand Gucci Mane is such and such. And I'm like, I'm not listening to that shit. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't listen to Rick Ross for years because he rapped too slow. You know what I'm saying? I need my people to sound smart. You don't got to be smart, but you got to sound smart. <laughs> I don't even think Nas graduated from high school, but he, at least he sounds like you know what he's talking about. Um, So, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, brother. Um, so we got a couple comments cool. from the last episode and an email. So let me start with the comments uh, on the blog. This uh, poster Exit Eleven mm-hmm. left a uh, remark and it said, "I totally agree with you on Rick Ross." And this is on our episode. Rick Ross is like Lance Armstrong. Okay. Uh, which is you know basically I was saying Rick Ross is like Lance Armstrong because I know he's full of shit. I know he's lying. But every time he opens up his mouth, he speaks with such conviction that I can't help but believe him True. for a while, yeah. you know? So I believe in Rick Ross, even though I know he's fake. And that's kind of how I feel about Lance, Lance Armstrong. I feel like he's got to be fake. He's in a sport full of fake people who dope up and cheat. and But yeah, every time he talks about not cheating... I believe him. Yeah, I believe him, 100%, right? So, um... They say, I totally agree with you on Rick Ross. You can listen to Teflon Don in a Ford Focus and feel like you're rolling in a Maybach. White people ah. get white people get scared when you pull up next to them. I think a large part of Rick Ross's appeal is his beats, though. He has the benefits of beats that take you somewhere dark and rough. Uh, I agree with that. His beats are part of it, and... Also, I mean, he just sells it, you know, like, yeah. certain people can rap on those beats and their voice and the, their tone and the way they pause their words and their inflection makes you think like, yeah, man, I'm the toughest person in the world. And then, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you pull up to a light, you see a brother just walk across the street and you lock your doors. So, <laughs> <laughs> you come back to reality real quick. That's right. Um, alright, then we also got an email. Uh, remember how Ruben W. emailed us last week talking about, you know, we should argue more? Yes. And I made some jokes about him saying that his wife probably made him write that email. <laughs> and I said they probably argue. And, you know, it's just jokes. And, you know, when I say people argue, I don't even mean it in a negative way. I think that we're the ones who are kind of weird. We don't argue. That's right. So I feel like we're the exception to the rule. Most people in general have to argue with each other. To get their point across, um, they're not very patient, they get angry, you know? Yeah. And that's normal. I think I'm, me and you are abnormal. Uh, you know we, what I'm saying? We're that, we're that off the wall. Like, there was a couple, there was a couple hours a day when you were missing and you couldn't get to your phone and you didn't call. Yeah, I don't or, know if my reception dropped or what, I'm sorry, baby. It's alright, <laughs> I mean, I'm fine, but I remember being kind of mad and being like, damn it, pick up the phone. Now, most people, you know, might have, you know, said something mean about it later on or 
you can't answer your phone or something like that. I just assumed, you know, it was something out of your control or whatever and moved on and had some sushi and bought a video game and, you know, had a good time. So, um, you know, but I assumed that, hey, she would call me if she could or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, as long as nothing's wrong, I'm okay. Yeah, and as soon as I looked at the phone and seen he called, I called back. Right, but, um, you know, I think that's still kind of abnormal because that's something that a lot of people get angry about. You know, Will sometimes they tell me, you know, I have to eat because if I get too hungry, I get an attitude. And, you know, my girl will be around while I have an attitude. And I'm kind of like, you know, I would control that. Like, if I was hungry and we were hanging out or whatever, I wouldn't just jump to into anger so quickly. So, I mean, maybe we're just different types of people. But anyway, she wrote in. Hey, Rod, I just listened to your podcast in which my husband, Ruben, emailed you and emailed you about you and your wife disagreeing. I just wanted to tell you that you don't know shit with an exclamation mark. Ooh, yeah. serious. This is what Ruben has to deal with. Uh, first off, I was unaware that my husband had sent you an email until after it was sent. However, I do agree with what he said. So, you know, if you believe that he sent that email on his own accord, she didn't even know about it. She didn't even know about it. But she did agree with what he said. Secondary, contrary to your belief, if I have something to say, like now, you better believe that I will let your ass know myself, like now. Shit and ass in an email. Ah! That is not very professional. I don't need my husband or anyone else speaking for me, so please stop assuming. Third, we were not arguing when he wrote that email. I didn't say y'all were arguing when he wrote that. I said you were making him write it. Uh, which is different than arguing. Well, that's him just doing what you told him to do. Uh, yes, we had <laughs> we had a discussion, but it was far from an argument. You can't argue when Ruben's just doing whatever you tell him to do. Uh, we don't agree on everything, and we are cool with that, which might be the reason we've been together for 10 years. That's good. Finally, I find you and Karen, because I know her name, pretty entertaining. And when I have something to say, you better believe I will let you know myself. Aww. Shauna. And then, get, here's the trick, though. She don't use his last name in this email. Which lets me know right away who run, who wears the pants. You know what I'm saying? Ah, now I'm now listen, look, I'm not Shauna, if you listen to this, um, please don't hit Ruben because of me. I'm the one who mouthed ah, off, okay? Ruben didn't have anything to do with this. It wasn't a secret email to try to make me tell you to stop beating him or to stop domineering over him and making him write shows and tell the people on the show they need to argue with each other <laughs> and mirror, you know, mirror somebody else's relationship. Please, just you know, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, and I don't. You, we want y'all to stay together. Yeah, please don't. And this is not Ruben's fault. Is what I. That's what I really want you to understand. Okay, Ruben. Uh, all right, well, that's the end of the show. We're going to wrap it up right now. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And that's the end of the Black Guy Who Tips. I know it ain't. Uh, and that is it. Love you. All right, Ruben, listen. Pause the radio. And she's going to get out. Pause the radio. Is she gone? All right, listen, man. Listen. 
call a shelter and get help. Do not. I know you. I know you weren't the one who really wanted to send that first email and tell a woman to argue. You just wanted me to go off and tell all women to leave that man alone and stop arguing. But it didn't work. And this week she sent the email herself. And I know you're probably somewhere with a black eye, looking in the mirror, possibly crying, whatever. <laughs> Listen, man. You call the shelter. You get help. Okay. The black guy who tips is here for you. All right. Now, now, listen, uh, I'm sure that everything's okay. So, after, you know, if you want to play it, just to pretend like everything's all right, uh, go ahead and you can hit play in about 10 seconds, all right? And we'll just come back like, like everything's okay, all right? Yeah, so, and that was the time that the walrus got us out of the lake. <laughs> oh, that damn walrus. Yes. Um... <laughs> We also got another comment from Emac, and Emac was the guy who wrote that long like review of the show. Okay, that was like oh, really going, in, yeah. yeah, it went really in depth. And um, so he wrote us back, and he says um, there wasn't in, any hate in my criticism. I meant for it to all be positive, which I, I did tell, I did take it yeah. positively. You know, at first I thought maybe he was gonna be negative. I was like, no, let me read this, calm down. Yeah. So um. It's a dope broadcast. As I listened to earlier ones of your po- on your podcast page, I got that sense of real conversations. Y'all ain't on that uh, on a uh, mic just bullshitting. Y'all are talking about real stuff and being real. I say continue to grow because this could be some morning drive shit. I think five years, this could be that show. That's a huge compliment. Thanks, man. Wow, the black guy who tips? A.M. Yeah. F.M. We, we don't give a damn. <laughs> don't touch that down. This got jam on it. We'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Them rap stories are funny as shit. It's funny because you hear people saying they rap or they rapped it and it's all gangster, killer, drugs. That Collard Greens line had me thinking of Freshman Adjustment before Ye was signed. Um, and he, he just said stupid shit, but at the same time, it was dope. But it couldn't be hot, quote-unquote, because that ain't what sells. I'm going to keep listening. It's a good program. Sorry, Karen. I won't forget your name anymore. Oh, that's okay. Two for two on the Karen mentions today. Woo-hoo! Um, and Kevin was on the episode last time, and this dude said that Kevin sounded like Shannon Sharp. <laughs> I don't think that's a compliment. Kevin, <laughs> you, you sound better than Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp speaks slave English and Kevin speaks regular ah, English. Slave English. <laughs> Boy. Um, and uh, Corner Boy wrote the show. He says, uh-oh, I got on the show without being on the show. Um, don't know what that part means. But then he says, on my up statement, what was, what, because he's talking, he brought up the movie Up. Okay. And I said it was... Not that sad to me. The first fifteen minutes. Okay. Everybody else said it was like a tearjerker, and um, he said, "Oh, it wasn't that sad, huh?" And I thought he he got it too, but he was like, "No, I was being sarcastic." So he says, "My up statement was me being sarcastic towards your statement in the podcast. I thought the opening of Up was very sad, and I said, did you cry?'" And he said, "Yes, but it was a dry one." <laughs> I like I like y'all hoes talk about Lupe Fiasco, but y'all talk about how big Superstar was and how the album did a little and how the album did a little better than Gold. But I got a question. Look at the artists like Gucci and Ross. Ross is everywhere right now. Uh, by true story, I have never heard a, a, a song by Gucci Man. Me either. I just saw his name and said, "No, thank you. No GED for you." 
know, he sounds like a pocketbook out here. Don't they got a Gucci pocketbook? <laughs> I guess so. Gucci <laughs> choose. His music is played everywhere. It's pushing itself. But look at his album sales. Why do you think that is? Or is it just the fact that the music is getting pushed to a fan base that doesn't invest in albums? Yeah, he's popular, but his popularity does not equal high sales. Um, I, I, I think, why do you think music doesn't sell these days? Something is, I think the biggest thing is the downloads. Um, people can go out and get it for free. Um, they release it early over the internet, and that really affects sales. And you do have a core audience that's going to buy. And I think nowadays people have got to have, have a high anticipation, or the CD has got to have something that they're not getting on the download version in order for people even to consider purchasing it. Because why would I pay nine ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine when I get it for free? People will never buy albums again. Ever. Those days are over. 250000 You're doing good nowadays. I mean, first of all, what are you listening to your music on most of the time? iPods, MP3s, right. iPhones. So, like, right there, it's on a digital version of the music. You know, no one's... If you walk into a YMCA or a gym with a disc man, people will laugh at your ass. Yes, I seen a lady the other day walking with a Walkman. I'm talking about the old school with the pause and record <laughs> and the headphones. And she thought she had it going on. I was like, lady, this is not nice. 1983, it was all big and bulky. Oh, you would That's get laughed at. I think I would have an idea. I have an idea for people that don't want to get their phones and their music stolen and stuff like that. You make an MP3 player or an iPhone or something, but it looks like the case for it is a Walkman. Oh, uh, ain't nobody taking that. Yeah, you can leave a Walkman like. In the middle of the mall and come back two hours later and it's going to be there. Yes, it is. As opposed to like, you know, you leave an iPhone, it won't make it five minutes. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure those things weigh 20 pounds now, like our old television. That <laughs> thing weighs 50 pounds. We got a thing twice as big and half as slim and it's 20 pounds. Come on, dog. So, um, I think what's happening is just, you know, it's obvious. People are downloading shit because the real price of a CD isn't just what it costs these days. It's what it costs versus free. That's right. You know right. what I'm saying? So it wasn't and like... Last time I checked, free is better than any cost. Yeah, last time, like, who said... I don't remember last time somebody brought up a music sale to me. I don't remember last time somebody was like, Oh, did you know Best Buy has three for one CDs or something like that? I would laugh at that because it's like, well, I'm going to get it free anyway. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't translate to sales. The only sales you really get are people who are too stupid to download. Um, I hadn't figured that out yet, or they don't get actually yeah. kids. I mean, come on. And, and my thing is that I was kind of slow to it, but once I got me an iPod, I took all my CDs and trashed them. I went from like having tons and tons of CDs to having one little small object, and it's convenient too. Yeah, and that's too like the kids who buy the kind of music that Gucci Man makes are young, and they're gonna be take technologically technologically savvy like they're going to have savvy right. about themselves they're going to be able to basically go download the shit for free and yeah, why pay got, for they it they ain't got no real job so yeah so I, I don't know man I, I think that's what's really happening and you know I think also sales was always a bad way to truly measure who was good at what they do Yeah, like Lupe Fiasco selling 500,000 to me and I said this in the first episode we brought him up it's never been a problem with me because I just realized the kind of music I like, other people may not like it mainstream. It's like, I love the movie Inception, but I have a friend who went on Facebook and posted that, hey, I didn't understand this movie. And like, you know, 10 people responded like, 
yeah man i ain't get it man i walked out man i don't yeah it was stupid i was confused so you know i do understand that the things i like might be a little bit above the norm for the average person when it comes to thinking so, yeah, I mean, you know. that's what I realized about a lot of music. Some of your best music, and I think a lot of the downloads have kind of taken people away from this. Some of your best music you've had to listen to, I know for me, several times before I was like, you know what, that's a classic. And I think now, when people being bombarded with so much music and bombarded with going to the next thing, they mentally catalog music. So now it's hard to find music that's a classic. Or really, the people argue about what is a classic because everybody has their own definition of it. Because, like I said, they catalog and stuff just to push it out their mind and move on to the next. So they never get a chance to actually feel what the artist is trying to tell them, or feel the rhythm of the right. CD, or feel the flow of the or, or, or the flow of the music. Because it's what's hot, what's hot, what's hot, what's next, yep. what's hot. And so I think to an extent it kind of dumbed down the music because every you know a lot of people that if it ain't the beat ain't bumping, a lot of people ain't listening to it. If you ain't rapping about money, hoes, drugs, pimping, people ain't listening to it. If you ain't rap about what you got. People ain't listening to it. You know, if you try to rap about a lot of educational stuff, you know, cause like Common and some of the other ones, people are not, they're just not going to buy it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we've had a lot of um, artists flop, quote unquote, in the past few years. And it's all just based on those old sales numbers compared to now. You know, Eminem going 20 million records sold, that's never going to happen again. Um, Alright, so the other day you were asleep. And mm-hmm. I was coming downstairs early, like in the morning. Uh huh. And I fell down the stairs. Oh, you did? You didn't tell me that. I know. I'm telling you right now. Oh, what happened? I just fell down. I don't know. I missed a step or something. Like oh. my foot just slid, and I fell down the last like three or four steps. Oh, I did that one time before too, and that's that's not fun. Oh, you did too? Yeah, I fell down like several several of them. I did little you know little kid slide down, and it was not fun. You know, yeah. when you five, that's fun. When you thirty one, that hurt your bones. Yeah, I don't see how them old people make it, man. Me either. I see why they have hip replacement surgeries. I was, yeah. I mean, I got up and I was fine. I had to do the little quick check to be like, all right, am I all right? Is everything working? Mm-hmm. Did I twist anything? Yeah, we get up. We got to get one level. Stairs got to go. Yeah, but I was, I just, I don't know. I thought that was funny, man, because. This was one of those things where if it doesn't happen, if it didn't, nobody sees it happen. <laughs> it like, don't exist. Yeah. It's like a tree falling <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> nobody sees it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, alright. I saw this story today, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be talking about it. Have you heard about uh, the Antoine Dodson interview? No. What happened? Alright, let's go ahead and play it. You ready? Yes. A terrifying moment for a woman who woke up to a strange man in bed with her. The woman screamed. Her brother rushed in to help and tried to fight the offender off. That break-in happened early this morning in the 500 block of Webster Drive in Huntsville. WFM 48's Elizabeth Jella caught up with the victim. Elizabeth's emotions were running high. And Mark, the woman, the victim tells us that a man broke into her house and tried to rape her. Her brother went in and he tried to help her out, but the man got away, leaving behind, though, evidence of his visit. Kelly Dodson was asleep with a little girl inside their apartment on Webster Drive when I was attacked by... You see these buildings. What do you think? About the buildings in the background of this news report. What do you think about them? They in the projects of the ghetto. All right. Some idiot from out. And why is it no matter where you are, the projects all look the fucking same? 
Are they designed? No, no, no matter where you are in the country. Like, there's no luxurious projects. Like, all the projects. Mm, ain't, ain't, ain't no top of the line, streamlining projects. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Projects and Pueblos, they all built the same. Ah! Here in the projects. Dodson says her attacker used a garbage can to climb onto the unit's ledge, open the upstairs window, and then he got in bed with her. He, he tried to rape me. He tried to pull my clothes off. Dodson struggled with her attacker, knocking over items in her bedroom. Antoine Dodson heard his sisters. Now, there's nothing funny about this clip right now, is it? It's about they live in the projects. Yes. It's about a rape. Yes. And it's it's all black people. It's just sad. It's like good times. Ain't it know? like good times? I never got that that sitcom because I didn't see nothing, no calm in that sitcom. It was all sadness. And no good times in that sitcom. Yeah, you can't just say dynamite and then call that shit a sitcom. Ah. Meanwhile, these niggas, these niggas still living in Jay the projects. can't keep a job. Come on, dog. Come on. Yeah, niggas still living in the projects on welfare and the damn. The repair man can't even Booker can't get shit fixed. Ah, nothing funny about that shit at all. Good times is ironic. Green and ran to help. Well, obviously we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up, trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The attacker got loose. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, I wish y'all could have seen this. <laughs> what do you look like? Oh my gosh, he looks hot and flaming. <laughs> well, and describe he, him, describe him. Oh, uh, he was light skinned and skinny, and he had on a red head scarf, and his hair was flying everywhere, and he was rocking his head from side to side. Oh my gosh, no wonder why you think they ripping men too. <laughs> <laughs> Went out the upstairs window, but he did leave something behind. We got your t-shirts and that fingerprints and all. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. A crime scene investigator photographed and dusted for prints on the lid of the garbage uh, can the window pane and ledge. Dustin says he's never seen the perp before, but sends this warning to whoever is responsible. You don't have to come and confess that you did. We're looking for you. We we gonna find you. I'm letting you know now. So you can run and tell that. Oh, boy. And I'm going to beat your ass. Well, if you have any information on this crime, you're urged to call Huntsville Police Department. We'll have much more from the victims of that attack coming up tonight at 6. Reporting live in Huntsville, Elizabeth Janelle, WAFF 48 News. Wow. Yeah. How did a serious story end up being a comedy? I don't know. Ah, ah. But, um, and that was just the first time that they interviewed him. Um, but they interviewed him a second time. Um, you want to hear the second interview? Let's go ahead now. All right. Well, obviously, we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing up windows. He's snatching your people up. Trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. And hide your husband. Because they rape the damn body out here. Hide your 
That's the white previous version, but I just like the song more than I like what uh they tried to do the cover of the song. Uh, what you think about that? What you think about that? Oh, that's classic. <laughs> <laughs> Run and tell that, <laughs> homeboy. Hot <laughs> kids, hot your wife, hot kids. <laughs> Damn, just lock everybody up. <laughs> oh my god, I thought that was so funny, ah, man. Lock everybody up. Oh, uh, so speaking of um. Speaking of running and tell that, uh huh, we have not talked about this, but you know my boy Ricky Three Stacks, yes, sir. aka Rick Patino, yes sir, has been in court all last week, and um, I was following this dude uh, on on Twitter. He's KY Sports Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been following him, and he's following the case. So I went to his blog, and I just want to look. Uh, you know, I just want to talk about some of the key points that he talked about in the case. Uh huh. Rick Pitino walked into the courtroom just after lunch in a red tie with obvious stress on his face. At first, he was understandably nervous, but over time, settled in. first 10 minutes of questioning was on Pitino's history as a basketball coach, the fact that he won a lot, etc. The AUSA handled the questioning and didn't know basketball in this show, and Rick was able to use his coach speak several times. And talking about the season he began, y'all start with the same dream. It almost made me want to buy his book. They quickly got into the uh, night in question, July 31st, 2003. Man, this happened in 2003? Are we just not going to court? He really, he, like, what happened is that basically this woman, uh, he had sex with this lady. And then she tried to extort him. And, you know, it carried on for, for like, basically five or six years until it hit the press last year when she accused him of rape. Um, so, you know, this is crazy. She, uh, she, he didn't rape her. He said he met Cypher at the bar, and when she came over to ask him to tell her son happy birthday on the phone, he did, and he didn't see her again until later that night when the restaurant was shutting down. He purchased Cypher a drink, and they began to talk at the bar. The owner of Porcini's came over, told Patino that he was leaving and had how to get out the front door, which would lock when he shut it. Patino claims that he thought that they had a restaurant, the restaurant to themselves, and that Vinny, his driver, had left. Patino then said when asked about the sexual encounter, unfortunate things happened. They had a drink, moved to a booth, and just behind the bar, Patino said one thing led to another, and she opened up my pants. She, yeah, I, I hate when things, one thing leads to another and somebody opens up your pants. That happens to me all the time. Wow, who are these women? Yeah, he's married too. She asked Patino if he had a condom, and he said no. She said, well, you'll have to pull out because I am fertile. Never trust a woman that says that fertile. Okay? That is not a turn on. No, it's not. Horrible foreplay. <laughs> she wow. Said, no, I can have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> in nine months, you'll regret this. Anyway, put it in. Uh, Patino said this concerned him, but he couldn't. But he continued, and the entire sexual encounter took less than 15 seconds. Damn. I, now, I don't know if I believe that. Me either. Um, but I think what happened is that that's what he has to tell his wife. 
you know, like he can't, like the only way to minimize how bad a mistake this is is to be like, well, it only took 15 seconds. Um, he said that he knows that he did not ejaculate inside of her. We talked, I pulled my pants up, and we left a short time later. Uh, that had to be an awkward pull the pants up after sex conversation. Wow. So, you live around here? Cypher then drove Patino home because he thought Vinny Tatum had left. The driver was pleasant and Cypher was in a good mood talking nonstop. Um, so you know but you did he raped her? Yeah, right. Because you know you didn't put it down when she's in a good mood and talking nonstop. That must be a hot 15 seconds. Well, if you do it right, you should put your woman in a sex coma. And then uh-uh. you can check back on her in five to six hours or whatever she wakes up. Um, they sat out in the driveway for five to seven minutes and Patino said she asked for basketball tickets. Patino was asked what she was wearing that night. She said he said a miniskirt, adding she didn't wear anything but miniskirts, even in the winter. So she was a hoe. That's what he was trying to say. So you better hide your kids, hide your wife. Yes. Three weeks later, Cypher called and told Patino she had missed her period and she was worried because she was usually very regular. But she was also very fertile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ovulating all the time. Patino said he did not <laughs> believe it was his child. Thought he had been set up but recommended that she get counseling. Then told him. Then she told him that she had no health insurance. He asked how much one needed for health insurance. She said $3,000 and he agreed to get her the money. They met in a condo and discussed whether she should have the child. Patino said he made arrangements with Tim Cypher to place to find a place for her uh, to have an abortion if she chose one. Patino said he found a place in Cincinnati but didn't know if she would end up having the abortion. A series of voicemails were played where Rick called Cypher six times over the next three to four days to see her decision. One message said this. Now you know these. This okay. I wonder what this message says because. You know these gotta be some intense messages because pretty much you can't ever tell a woman she got to have an abortion. No. But you do have to, you know, you can't look at her and say, you know, what we gonna do, what you gonna do. So uh, he says, uh, this is not something I can decide on. I think the best thing in all seriousness is to go through with it, but that has to be your call. I'm a high profile person, but the decision has to be yours and the way you put it, put it behind us and then move on. You just let me know what you are going to do. So he's like, I think he's saying go through with the abortion, not the pregnancy. So he's saying, you know, I ain't saying you need to have an abortion, but you need to have an abortion. Uh, It seems that the taste that Patino wanted her to have an abortion, but often repeated that the decision was hers. Much was made about how Patino had the best team in 2009. In February 26, he was returning from a recruiting trip in Vegas when he got voicemails from Lester. Uh, Lester was this dude who Karen Cypher got to call Rick Pitino to to do the uh, actual um, to do the actual like blackmailing. Wow. So he was yeah. Um, at the time he got sick to his stomach and listened again. I felt threatened and frightened. I knew what was about to happen. He says he also knew that by the way the phone caller pronounced Cincinnati must be from Kentucky. Uh, <laughs> Pitino. Wow. Said initially, How do you pronounce Cincinnati? Yeah. <laughs> uh, New York City. Uh, Patino said initially he thought Cypher was the person behind the lies, but over time he con- she convinced him otherwise. Patino called Tim Cypher and told him to bring his wife to the office, and they had to meet. The meeting was recorded, and around 45 minutes, 
tape was played in court. At the meeting, Cypher suggested that it was potentially Rick who leaked the information himself, asking if he had done it when he was drunk. But <laughs> just like you did me, Rick. <laughs> did you do it when you were drunk? You, it, did it take 15 seconds to tell everybody? 15 seconds cost him a whole lot of time. Yes, sir. 15 seconds it cost you millions. Patino noted that the caller knew details no one else knew and kept asking who this could be. Cypher continued to assist she did not know. What followed was 45 minutes of the most mind-numbing conversation imaginable. Cypher was upset and frantic, and Rick was obviously nervous and trying to find out information. Most of the conversation isn't worth recounting, but a couple of interesting moments. Cypher tells Rick that she has been through hell. Rick says... He knows that she has and asked multiple times, what can I do to help you? This thing continues throughout. Cypher asks Patino, how is she supposed to live with Cincinnati? And says that, I pray to God that I don't go to hell for having the abortion. Patino replies, you are not going to hell. So, you know, she's using the guilt card on him. Um, mm. If she really had an abortion. And if, if that baby was his. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Karen Cypher and Tim Cypher then begin to argue about their marriage, and Rick Pacino channels his inner Dr. Phil, trying to help them work it out, saying, you two love each other. This was the one part Rick sounded nervous, as he seemed to see that if they separated, problems could occur. So, <laughs> here's the guy who fucked your wife, telling you, y'all love each other, y'all should work this out. Wow. Pacino acknowledges that, because of this, I may have to resign this job. So, he's talking about quitting. He continues Word. to try. Why didn't you do that? Yeah, he <laughs> continues to try to comfort Cipher, ask repeatedly what he can do to help her make your life easier. You're not an outcast, part of our family. I can make your life better, but I can't make certain things go away. Referring to the guilt from the abortion. Patino tells Cipher for the first time that he has set up a college fund for her daughter from Christmas bonus money. Cipher didn't know about this at the time. Patino tells her that to be careful and says, This guy can go on the front page of Louisville Courier Journal and ruin all of our lives. So, uh, throughout the entire tape, the word rape is never mentioned by Cipher. Patino says, After the conversation, I honestly don't think she knew who made the phone call, but stayed up all week trying to figure it out. This occurred during the last week of the Big East regular season. That's cause uh, rape is a serious thing. This nigga didn't rape her. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, if he would have raped her. I mean, you phone calling, having conversations. I meetings. mean, I mean, I mean, damn it, I ain't never heard nobody driving a rapist home. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that one. Patino then volunteers his assessment, which he did throughout the testimony, sometimes without questions even being asked, of situation and notes that she never mentioned rape. You don't give someone a ride home, talk basketball, be cordial, sit uh, in a driveway, etc., and it be rape. He says the rape charges the direct opposite of the truth. I would never rape a woman. I could never be physically harmful to a person, uh, to a woman. Patino ended up meeting Cypher. Uh, Three times, beginning at February 26, 2009, the end of the second meeting, Cypher mentioned that if Patino wanted to help her, he could get her a car, her son a car, a house in the Lake Forest, and money. So he's really just trying to buy her off. He said, uh, um, oh, she said, she, oh, this is what she asked for him to give her. Mm-hmm. He said he couldn't do that, but he could get University of Louisville to get Tim Cypher a raise. She then stopped crying, looked at Patino, and asked why she wasn't given a pocketbook last Christmas by him like the other wives of the basketball staff had been. Wow. What a bold bitch. 
on um, March 1st, 2009. Wow. Cypher tells Patino and leaves a voicemail asking when she will get all the things she has asked for. On that same day, Patino gives the alleged extortion message to his, to his lawyer in Lexington. He says that Rick needs to go to the police. Patino says that because the NCAA tournament is coming up, he wants to wait until after March Madness because of the top, before talking to police. The attorney also advises he stop talking to Cypher, and he does. So basically, she's extorting him. It's getting more and more, you know, petty, and she's starting to ask for this shit. And he's yeah, like, "Okay, here I we go." I can't do it, so we gonna take this to court and let's come on out and get it on over with. And basically, I think in his mind, he's gonna, "Okay, everybody gonna find out that you crazy and you nuts, and mm-hmm. I didn't rape you. I might look like a fool too, but you're gonna look like a bigger fool than me." March 6, 2009, he arrives at the hotel in Morgantown, West Virginia, for a game against. West Virginia is given a letter by Tim Cypher, and Tim Cypher works for the team, you know. Okay. And which Karen demands a car for herself, a car for her son, a house, $3,000 a month for bills, and $75,000 after he leaves Louisville. So, she wanted to just get paid. If yeah. Patino gives her all that, she will protect Rick Patino's name for life. Whatever. <laughs> you, you can't get that crap in writing, so I don't think so. Even if it isn't right, I mean, can you trust this person? No. Uh, a few days later, Fatino gets a call from Cypher's mother, wondering whether her grandson has gotten his car yet. Damn. She then says, we know people in high places also. Rick then gives Tim Cypher $10,000 of his Big East Championship bonus money to purchase the car for Karen's kid. A fact that was skipped over after said, but it's sure to be a big part of cross-examination tomorrow. Wow, so he gave $10,000 away. So, anyway, man, this nigga Ricky Three Stacks, he's fucking up. And uh, wow. I guess he's trying, to, he's trying to clear his name, but, you know, pretty much, I think he's going to come out of this with uh, all of his money, but then his wife's going to take half. I said that again, and he's probably going to lose his basketball job, too. Yeah. No university won't this, this you know, I can say, with a name like Ricky Three Stacks. And me as a university, you sound like a rapper, so I don't think I want you <laughs> associated with my school. Well, in all fairness, I came up with the Ricky Three Stacks name, but it caught on, though. A lot of people using it. Um, Alright, so uh, I had my headphones in the other day, and this dude started a conversation with me. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was in the elevator, he did it mid-sentence. I guess in the middle of the sentence, like, he didn't even start with, like, this is what happened. He started, he goes, yeah, man, I hope it's in the car. I just looked at him, and I said, what? Because I thought maybe I, I missed part of it because I had my headphones in. Yes. So I took my headphones off, and he goes, I hope it's in the car. I said, well, what's in the car? He's like, oh, I left my keys and my, 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 I le- no, I left my license in my car. Or I hope it's in my car. I might have left my license at home. I was like, yeah. He's like, y'all drove here all the way to work without a license. And I was just like, what the, why the fuck do people keep talking to me when uh, I have headphones uh, in? Uh, isn't that the most annoying crap in the world? Damn. And, and this is the thing, guys. For those of you that are idiots, if somebody has a headphones plugged in their ears, it's obvious they don't want to be bothered. And unless you got to bother them, don't. People do that at my job. Sometimes that's so annoying. I have the big DJ headphones to cover your whole ears up. It's obvious that I don't want to be bothered. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of rape. It's conversation rape. It's, it, it's, uh, it's ear rape. He just going to force his conversation on me when he sees I'm minding my own business trying to listen to whatever podcast, the Morning Jones, music, whatever. Not your ass. And you just going to break in on some random comment. I got to pause my vibe. 
so I can listen to you talk about do you have your license? Let me tell you something, dog. I don't give a fuck. I know. Police could pull you over as you walk to your car. I would not stop listening to my music. Alright? I would just go back to my desk. So calm down with that shit. Nobody cares. I have headphones on. It means fuck off. Alright, um. Anyway. Speaking of fuck off, I watched some movies this week. Yeah. I watched Dirty Harry. Did you, did you watch the end of that with me? No, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I haven't watched that. It's an old movie in 1980-something. 19, yeah, something. I don't know the 1970s. Year. But uh, it's about a cop who has to do all the tough things and all the dirty jobs. And it's uh, ah. Clint Eastwood is Dirty Harry. And basically, uh, he's playing the same guy that he played in uh, Grand Torino, except... He's uh, 20 years younger. Except he's younger and he hasn't been in the army, but he's still pretty racist. And you know, it reminds you of those old times. Like you could just write in the script that I hate niggers, and it would be cool. Yeah, nobody stop with their yeah. Going. It's no politically correct now. You know, nowadays they fly checking everything. Yeah, maybe he, maybe what happened is that he wrote Grand Torino. Like in 1975, he may have, and then he just, just couldn't get it made until 2010. I think that's what happened. Cause in the movie reality back then, you could just call somebody a nigger to their face, and they just had to take it. You know, it's like I really hate niggers and spicks. So anyway, Leroy Rodriguez, why don't you go get my coffee? <laughs> no problem, no sir. Yeah, hurry up, boy. Yes, sir. That old Clint, he's just so funny. But um, uh, uh. so I saw that it was alright. Uh, then I watched one of the worst movies I've seen in the last five or six years, Streets of Blood. It's a I movie. Didn't see that movie. It's a movie starring um, Fifty Cent. Fifty Cent. Oh, I seen Beats and Pieces. Yeah, that looked terrible. Curtis Jackson, and uh, it looked like it was filmed in straight to DVD cameras film. I think it was. The only thing that came out of movie theaters. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, Val Kilmer was in it, looking like. He wanted his check made out to cash. Ah! He's taking it straight to the bank. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, how y'all gonna just pay me in vitamin water? Like, he like, he got down there and got tricked. Like, I should have read the contract. That's right. 50 trying to pay me in video games and vitamin water. And, uh, the rest of the, the writing was terrible. The acting was bad. The quality of the actual film was bad. And I felt terrible for everybody involved with it. That was bad, then. 50 Cent was trying to rock some kind of Neo Soul S-Curl look, and it was not working. It was kind of terrible, wasn't it? And he can't act. Oh, my God, he can't act. He's he's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. But it's amazing how much uh, hip-hop, you know, rappers try to be actors. Yes, sir. It's crazy, man. So that's why I always laugh when people are like, well, Rick Ross, you know, I don't appreciate how he was lying. And then you're like, yeah, but you really think Cameron is moving quarter keys all throughout throughout Harlem? (laughs) Do you you really think these niggas rapping about stuff they really doing? You know how quick the FBI would shut that down? Yeah. I don't think many of these dudes are taking trips to see Poppy in, you know, South America to bring up the cocaine. No. Um, so also we saw Blood, The Last Vampire. That was actually really good. Yeah. Oh, you liked it a lot? Yeah. Uh, it was based on the anime Blood The Last Vampire, which has a live-action movie and a, a long-running anime series that's pretty good. Um, kind of slow-moving. 
if you're into that um, it's kind of slow moving by the end it does speed up but um, it's about a girl named Saya who happens to be a vampire and she's a person who kills vampires mostly like she's a special type of vampire that you know almost like blade she can walk around in the day she doesn't have to say weaknesses whatever but you know of course you know vampires are hot right now and people change the mythology of the vampire all the time yeah they make and, them hot and sexy they're not even scary no more yeah they're gay if anything you ask me <laughs> yeah but um anyway so you had these dudes uh, you had this chick and she's part of, part of a government organization that tracks down and hunts and kills vampires, right? Yes, sir. So, in the anime series, they start in, like, let's say the year 2005, you know, and she has uh, memory loss, and most of the series is just her trying to figure out, you know, what she is, how to fight, all that shit. Yeah. Um, and then, in the movie is kind of like a prequel because it all takes place in like 1960 and it's before she lost her memory it's before you know uh it's when she still knew she was a badass she still had powers and shit like that so you know it's kind of a you know interesting take on the whole show because they don't really have to trample on any of the you know current stuff that we've already seen okay uh, but what I will say about the movie, I thought it was okay. Um, I thought it was one. I graded it on a curve because I love the source material. And yeah, I, I like the action in it. Yeah, I thought the action was okay. The the special effects were like a the level, a step above sci, the sci-fi channel. And that's true. Like it wasn't millions. Yeah, it wasn't of dollars. greatest, but like yeah. I said, I just like stuff like that, so that's why I like the movie. Yeah, me too. I mean, I like the idea and I like the concept more than I like the movie. Okay. And it just kind of made me like the movie. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not a good movie. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, especially if you're not a fan. That's true now. You, know? you would be highly upset if you're yeah. not a fan. But, uh, um, then the other movie we saw was American Swing. Yeah, we watched American Swing. Um, all I gotta say about that, and I made this crystal clear, uh, we's no swingers. We's no swinger. What is you a slave? <laughs> That's right. I'm we speak a- English on this podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, we don't swing. I mean, I might do a little swinging from the ceiling, you know, swinging from the chandelier. You know, I might jump off a few objects, but uh, it's gonna be me and Roderick. Yeah, they um, it's basically it's a documentary about a club called Plato. Yeah, uh, Plato's Retreat, and mm-hmm. it, it was a club in New York for swingers for couples. Married couples, dating couples, whatever, who, you know, like to have sex with other people but still remain a couple. So they don't want to cheat on each other. And it's always funny when you hear that being the reason that it's okay. I mean, not judging anybody, but when you say, like, well, we do this because we don't want to cheat on each other. Well, the only thing that makes it cheating is that y'all are keeping it secret, right? If, if that's, if y'all are okay with fucking other people, can't you just be like, yeah, so I fucked somebody today. Do you really have to be in the same room with hundreds of people? And uh, and, and a lot of this was pre-AIDS and pre-STDs. Yeah, it's like the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. And AIDS, of course, came through and, and shut, shut shit down. Yes, it did. Especially when a lot of people were very... You can tell this was pre... 
a lot of the education we have because nobody knew how it was spread. This is when people thought it was strictly homosexuals and, and things like that. And, you know, then on top of that, you're talking about people having all these sex, you know, sanitation. You know, it's a lot of stuff. And everybody, and maybe it's just me. Everybody ain't clean. Everybody ain't fresh. Everybody balls ain't smelling well. I wouldn't want to be bothered with that. Ugh. It's kind of weird to me, too, because it's like I wouldn't use certain people's bathrooms in their houses. Say that again. How am I just going to go to a club and fuck everybody? Like, that's crazy to me. And then, like, it sounds glamorous because uh, I'm sure everybody has, like, a porno going on in their head. But it wasn't. It was just robbing people fucking. And it was like, one lady said she caught, she was itching because, you know, down in her crotch area. And she uh, looked down and saw crabs. And she realized she had gotten it from the couch in the club because so many people were having sex on the couch that it was get always moist, it was always stinking, it was always, you know, people over there having sex, it was always dark and that's where that type of insect, or not insect STD, breeds it breeds in the couch, it was breeding so the couches were full of crabs and they also had a buffet there and I want to, like... Who the hell is going to eat that buffet? I don't even like the buffet at the strip club. I know that a lot of fellas will act like that's the reason they go to the strip club. Hell no. Okay. All right. They can serve... The strip club can tell you we're only serving water. And y'all will still go to the strip club. It's titties in there. All right? Everybody knows this. It's not a secret. I'm not giving away anything. <laughs> Nobody likes the wings at Hooters either. They're overrated. Um... Anyway, so uh, it was just kind of funny to me because that documentary just came off way more gross but than you, fun. And, and the thing, the thing also is that a lot of the people they interviewed, I don't mean no fun. I mean they interviewed them years later, but none of them was hot. Even even that, even they old photos, and all that stuff. None of these people were smoking hot. Yeah, you know, well, you know, people swing more of as a lifestyle than just being the hottest, I guess. I don't know. I'm assuming so. I mean, I'm sure they weren't that bad when they were young. I mean, they were interviewing these people and they were all 60. Oh, oh I'm sorry. So, yeah. Only a couple of them was really like, you? Really? You know, but I guess you on coke, you gotta fuck something, right? Yeah, and it was amazing. And they said doctors and lawyers and judges and like police officers and you know, all kinds of people, you know, did this thing. Well, that's what they were saying, but they have none of them on camera. Hell no. So I don't believe was, that shit. Them people was like, you was not interviewing me. Even if I was there, you was not interviewing me. So, of course, me. the people that did, the hippies that did it are going to be like, everybody was there. It wasn't just me being a whore. One woman even was like, brothers have sex with sisters because, you know, it wasn't taboo back then. Okay. What? <laughs> I remember her saying that too. I was like, okay, this is not happening. And all I can tell you is this. I ain't sharing a damn thing. Yeah, and I watched um, Archer, the series uh, that used to come on FX. I watched the first season again because it's on Netflix streaming. And I just love that show, guys. So. Is it, did they cancel it or something? No, it's, season two is coming soon. Okay. But I just love that show. I watched the whole season again. Cause oh, that was funny. It's so funny. Especially the episode where he kept uh, uh, telling everybody's identity and they kept getting killed. And they was wondering why they was losing agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would like, they would be on a mission. He would give them a phone call or he would just do something really, really stupid and get yeah. them killed. Um. Just check it out, guys. I'm not going to go into too much details. If you like Frisky Dingo, you love Archer. Yes, you will. It's by the same people. Um, Chelsea Clinton got married. Yes, she did. Um, and everybody's making a big deal about it. And that's what I... And the part about this I don't understand. Her parents, with their own money, is paying for this. 
They ain't go borrow no money. They ain't get no grants, no loans. This ain't government funded. This is their own money. So what's the problem? It don't matter how much it costs. Your ass ain't paying for it. Yeah, it's not ta- it's not tax money or whatever. Yes, you're not paying for it. Who gives a damn how much this chick's wedding costs? People are just envious and jealous and petty. And they hate to see people have money and floss it. Um, anyway, so the former first daughter, Chelsea Clinton, and longtime beau, Mark Mizvitsky, were wed Saturday in a beautiful ceremony at Astor Courts on a 50-acre estate in Rhinebeck, New York. We could not have asked for a more perfect day to celebrate the beginning of their life together. We are so happy to welcome Mark into our family. Former uh, former President Bill Clinton and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton said in a statement. On behalf of the newlyweds, we want to give our special thanks to the people of Rhinebeck for welcoming us and to everyone for their well wishes on this special day. The confirmation by the Clintons put to rest a slew of speculation on where and when the nuptial would take place. Today we watched with great pride the overwhelming emotion as Chelsea and Mark wed in a beautiful ceremony at Astor Court surrounded by family and their close friends. The interfaith uh, ceremony, Clinton is Methodist and Medvitsky is Jewish, uh, was led by Rabbi James Ponet and Reverend Will Shillady. The, <laughs> the family said the groom wore a talit, a prayer shawl, or and a yarmulke, whatever that is, yarmulke. Wow. Yarmulke. Oh, that's how you sell that I'm shit. I'm about to say Mazel Tov did. They had. Yeah, it's kind of like Derek and Helen. Yeah, I hope he broke the glass though. Yeah. Uh, let's see. They got a bunch of little bullshit in here. Uh, hundreds of curious unlook- onlookers, along with hordes of reporters and cameramen, gathered Saturday at the main intersection of the tiny New York town in hopes of catching a glimpse of celebrities and dignitaries attending the wedding. Uh, well-heeled guests wearing floor-length gowns and tuxedos were seen boarding shuttles to take them to what one event planner billed as the wedding of the century. Uh, you can make a case that this is the most significant thing to happen in Rhinebeck since Washington's army drove the British out of Rhinebeck back in the 1700s. Damn, don't nothing happen and then do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long-ass history of nothing happening. Yeah. <laughs> we just watch it rain. Uh, actors Ted Danson and Mary Steenburgen, uh, longtime married friends of the Clinton family, told CNN that despite the public spectacle of the wedding, it's been a very personal experience for them. There's so much love and tenderness around the whole thing, Steenburgen said. Steenburgen said, "What kind? Well, the, that." That kind of gets obscured a little bit when you're talking about someone that's a public person. But on the inside of it, I can tell you that it's been very much like everybody's wedding. Full of tenderness and memories of laughter. So I'm pretty sure they'll be divorced in five years. I hope not. Some wedding planners have speculated that the cost of the celebration could run up to seven or eight figures. But a longtime Clinton family friend said the cost would be less than a million dollars. Oh, okay, so they kept it. They kept it down. Uh, Mavisky, a 32-year-old investment banker, is the son of former U.S. reps Majorie. Ah, who cares about the rest of shit? So this is uh basically they got married yeah. and conservative radio. They've been making jokes about it and talking ill about the marriage well, and the West wedding. Well, got married and spent all that money on his wedding. You know. Yeah, he spent enough money to get a gay dude to come uh, sing. Come on, sing. At his gay bashing ass wedding, so yeah, it's just funny though because so much about it's so much hate. And I had a thought this morning because I was thinking like how they politicize this wedding 
which really has nothing to do with politics. At all. This is somebody getting married. Right. So it, they politicize his wedding because people hate Clint, the Clintons and they've been told to hate them. Especially if you're on the right, you've been told to hate the Clintons for a yeah. long time. Well, so yeah. everything they do is, of course, just way too much. You hate them, you hate them, you hate them. And I was thinking, you know, this reminds me of, you know, Obama and how everything he does becomes polarizing Everything, yeah. you know, even things that aren't political, just, you know, you have to come down. You have to have a take on it. It has to be, if you're on the right, everything he does has to be negative. Yeah. If you're on the far left, everything he does has to be negative. It's not good enough. And, you know, it's just kind of weird. And um, I think he's done a good job. And I think he's very, he's, he's very, he's been moderate to the extent that I thought he would be yeah. where he had some goals he liked to accomplish but he never really just said um, I'm going to make these things as left as possible he's That's actually true. lost votes from the Democrats several times and had to get Republicans or moderates to make up for those votes because his things have been too central you know some, yeah, of, yeah, some of the shit he can't get past That's true. and it made me think that if uh, Jesus came back right now mm-hmm. I think they would kill him. I think so. Ah! Like, I realized how Jesus got killed the first time. Like, I always found that part of the Bible kind of unbelievable. Like, here's the dude that's the son of God, and he's saving everybody, and everything's good. He's doing miracles, and everybody sees it. And it's like, well, then why would you kill him? It's, that's awesome. Jealousy. Right? Well, it didn't sound like jealousy. It sounded like, you know, I think they killed him because the idea of Jesus is better than Jesus. Uh, uh, right, uh, right. It's like Martin Luther King. If Jesus is dead, you can say he would do anything. You know what I'm saying? Jesus is always on your side. That's why that bracelet, what would Jesus do, is so ironic and funny to me because whatever Jesus would do is always the shit you want to do. You know? Uh, uh, like when Jesus get drunk and suck on these titties, yes, he would tonight. And that's that's how people roll, though. I'm not saying it's right. Okay. I'm not saying that's the right, correct, but that's what that's people what do whatever said. the fuck they want to. Yeah, because. You know, when somebody's dead, you, you basically can throw anything out there and just justify it. So if Jesus came back and actually started having stances and giving his opinion on things and say he came back and he said, you know what, listen guys, listen, you got it all wrong. I don't care about gay people that much, alright? I don't hate them. They can get married as far as I'm concerned. Whatever. It's not even in my Ten Commandments. Calm down. People would be like, fuck that. I hate gay people. It's too late. <laughs> this nigga gotta go Jesus you don't know what you talking about You know what I'm saying People would not want to hear that If he came back and said uh, If he came back and actually said You know what I do Just like gay people get married And no it's not cool It's between a man and a woman It's one of my biggest It's my biggest pet peeve I know I didn't write enough about it in the Bible But I thought you guys all understood it No No to this shit Then you have a bunch of other people going What? You know And um, you know Kill this fool and uh, it made me think about it like, you know, when it comes to abortion, the death penalty, these are things that we constantly debate in our society. True. But if Jesus came back and had a stance one way or the other, we would want to kill him. Some group of people would be like, we have, this nigga got to go. And that's how it was back then. And group people was like, you got to go. <laughs> but like, what was it? What was the thing back then? Was it like, well, look, it's a... Uh, Look, um, we're having a debate over abortion, Jesus, okay? And we know you came here and we want to settle it, okay? Now, we think abortion is murder. You're killing a little baby, all right? And these other people think that, you know, that, that you should have a choice. And we know you're all about choice in the New Testament. Um, and we kind of use the Old Testament. He'd be like, what? 
Y'all use the Old Testament. I gave y'all the New Testament. Why y'all keeping the old one? I don't even use that shit no more. I don't even know what's in there. My dad wrote that one. And he'd be like, look. And they'd be like, look, Jesus, I'm sorry, okay? We're using the we're, we're using the Old Testament sometimes. We use a new one depending on what we want to do. But answer the question, can we, is this murder or can they have a choice? And no matter what he says at that time, he actually was to say yes yeah. or no. And, and, and I feel like to an extent I understand we talk about that in Obama because I think no matter what he says, somebody on either side is going to protest it. He could literally come out and switch to being a Republican tomorrow. And it would still be people on conservative radio that hate him. There's nothing he can do about it. At all. But um, it just, like I said, it reminded me of the whole Jesus thing. Because I was just like, literally, people have basically outsourced Jesus. We have become... Outsourced Jesus. We are the new Jesus. It's whatever the fuck we want to say is what Jesus would do. Like, everybody is on one side or the other. It's, I'm speaking for Jesus, Jesus speaking for me, do what I say. You know what I'm saying? So if it's a, it's a dude that says gay people can't get married, and that's because of Jesus. It's a dude that says can't get married, and that's because of Jesus. Like, what would happen, like, if he could exist again, you and know, speak for as a person and speak for himself, they would have to kill him. Because so many people would be wrong. You know what I'm saying? If he actually came back and was like, look, preachers, I really... I said that 10% shit and that kind of meant it figuratively, okay? You, it's different back then. You you can't give 10% of a cow, okay? It was different. You own different shit. You had different jobs. I wasn't just talking about money, okay? It was much deeper than that. And then he, people would be like, no, fuck that. I need this 10%. I can't. This Maybach ain't going to gas itself up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh. So I, I really, I just thought about that this morning. And I was just like, that is crazy, man. So uh, speaking of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Hudson has a Weight Watchers commercial. I've seen them. You seen it? Mm-hmm. Is it me or are they using all the fat girl poses off of like Facebook and MySpace to cover up her body? Like they're not really showing her just standing still, Mm-mm. saying I lost weight. And a lot of a lot of uh, the shots are kind of shadowy and dark. Yeah, and, it's in a dark room. Yes, but you really can't see how big she is. Yeah, and they and they have her like sitting down with a leg up over her stomach area, yeah, or turn to the side where you do that weird twisting angle where it's like nice part nice. of this is my butt, part of this is my butt, part of this is my gut, but it kind of covers it up in the twist. Yeah, so I can't tell her, her she lost weight or not. We gotta give her pretty silhouettes. Why didn't they just wait the extra month or whatever, and then do the when she lost some weight, or maybe she wasn't losing enough weight, but they had already signed the paperwork. But that may be true. It just sounded really funny the the way they were doing it, and it was like close up shots of her face and her eyes. Like I know when you're tricking me, okay? Now I have no problem with full body women. That's fine with me, okay? It might not be for everybody, but I it doesn't bother me. But it does seem funny. That she's trying to hide it on a national TV campaign about losing weight. That's true. That ain't the place to hide it, Jennifer Hudson. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Either lose the weight or don't, but stop fucking with me. Okay? Don't sell me some shit you're not doing. Ah. That's like if I came out with a weight loss plan and the whole plan was I just start wearing dark colors and being in the shadows and only showing my face. You'd be like, what the fuck is this? But some women do that, though. Try to cover it up. The fact that they ain't... Yeah, but, but they don't have national TV commercials. And that's true, too, now. This is different. She's over the top with this. This is flagrant. Uh, I blame Weight Watchers. 
They stand, that's true too. Need stand to up for your brand. Yeah, stand up for your brand. You know. Um. So all right. So that was Jennifer Hudson. Uh, we had to go to the mechanic this week to get your car fixed. Yes. And isn't the mechanic is weird because you have to have a trust relationship with them. Yeah. But at the same time, nobody trusts their mechanic. Mm. No. Because it's like you need to be just descriptive enough to make them think you know what you're talking about if you don't know what you're talking about. Because, you know, if you knew what you were talking about when it came to your car, you'd probably fix it yourself. I but so. since you don't really know what you're talking about, you just walk in and kind of describe the problem. And I think that's one of the reasons women get ripped off so much is because they're too, you know, upfront with the fact that they don't know shit. It's just like, it's making a do to do sound. And it's like, making a butter 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 sound. Yeah, and then the mechanic did get hard because he's like, yep, a billion dollars, please. Ah, uh, how much is on your check card? Just go ahead and write that to cash and thank you. Um, but so we went up there and uh, Karen got the car worked on and we have a good mechanic and we trust him as much as you can trust a mechanic. But even still, I was like, please. Don't be too vague describing these problems because <laughs> Karen will just be like, oh, it it doesn't start sometimes, which is like telling them, please take all my money. You know, <laughs> it could be a billion reasons why it doesn't start, That's you know, true. Uh, so it's just, you know, it's just one of those weird things. And it brings me to this next thing. We went shoe shopping Friday or Saturday. I won't say Friday. No, was it Saturday? Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. All right, we went shoe shopping Friday night, and everybody loves shoe shopping with their woman, right? Am I right, fellas? Yeah. Um, yeah, right. You got a lot of booze on that one. So I went in, and it took me, I would say, four and a half, maybe five minutes to find the shoes I wanted. In the size I wanted, in the brand I wanted, no. and I was ready to go. Not me. And it ain't that easy to shoe shop for a woman. First of all, we're shopping for running shoes or workout shoes, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're shopping for the newest Blonics or the Manolo Hills, whatever the fuck y'all wearing these days. <laughs> we're not shopping for that. So this isn't like, you know, I need to go in and get the cutest pair of shoes. This is, I'm going to the gym, no one's going to see me in this shit, I just need to be able to work out, right? Mm-hmm. So, t- tell them what you did, Karen. Oh, I talked to the sales lady, which I think was the worst thing ever, because she was trying to buy me to get them damn orthopedic sketches that, what you call it, the football player, what, what, um... Joe Montana. Yes, he'd been advertising sketches like the kid's shoes, and I looked at them, number one, they look like old people's shoes, number two... Them shits was $80, and they was on sale. Yeah, they was supposed to be $110, but here's what's funny. Karen was going to get those shoes. I thought about it. <laughs> if it wasn't for me being there and being, thank, thank, thank goodness that day I was the one with the money. Because <laughs> she would have just came home with some $80 shoes she would never wear to the gym. And, I mean, the fucking premise of the shoe is their shape-ups. You're supposed to just walk around in them and get in shape. It's magic shoes. Yeah, but I should have known something was wrong. And I got to give you a damn DVD. She said, I got a DVD on how to walk in them. I was like, a DVD? I should know how to walk in tennis shoes. Right. So, you know, I'm sure all you people who are listening to this podcast at the gym, running on the treadmill. In, in your, your sketches. In your sketches shape-ups. I'm sure you're like, but that DVD helped me. Come on, man. This It was complete bullshit. Uh, uh. The thing is, like, I didn't talk to the salespeople. When I walked in, the sales guys go, let me know if you need some help. I said, no, thank you. And just kept walking. All right? I treat salespeople. That's what I should have did. I'm I treat sorry. salespeople like homeless people. 
They invisible to me. You don't exist. Get out of my way. You can only annoy me. I'm never gonna give you anything. And the thing is about salespeople, they're not really there to help you. No, they're not. There's an adversarial relationship we all should have with salespeople because for the most part, their goal is the opposite of yours. Yeah. Uh, when you were a waiter, waitress, what was the thing they told you to sell at IHOP the most? With the specials, the Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruity or the Sampler or, you know, uh, the Steak and Eggs, whatever the special was. That they, they told me to sell the juice. That was the main thing they wanted me to sell. Yeah, the crafts. That, that was another thing. The, the big crafts, which was like five or six bucks. Right. You know why they want you to sell juice? Because all juice is for the kitchen is the extract mixed with some water, and then they bring it out to the front. That's it's true. not real juice. It's just like Kool-Aid. It's just like whatever. It's water and that extract, okay? It's like when you buy a soda. So it's the most profitable thing they can sell because unlike soda, where they're selling like, hey, a glass of soda is dollar forty nine, many refills as you want. Juice is like uh, two dollars and, and no fifty cents, no refills. Every time you want a glass of juice, another two fifty. So they're ripping you off right there. Yeah. But they tell you to sell that, right? Mm -hmm. Because the goal of the salesperson is to make the most money for themselves on commission and the most money for the company. That's true. And that's the difference. That's why you can't trust salespeople at the store because most of these people are not these educated, well, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm here to help you. You shouldn't get the biggest TV. You should get the one that fits your apartment. Like, that's not most salespeople. Most people just know the markup on this is this much and I will make Blank amount of dollars if you buy this shit today. That's true. And that's how she was with those shoes. Yeah, and then she, she had nerves to get pissed when we left, and I didn't buy them shoes. Yeah, talking about I wish you would have bought the uh, those those uh, shape ups. And I was like, bitch, I bet you would. We both our pair of shoes didn't cost as much as that shoe. Those shoes. No, and it was buy one get one half off. It didn't make no sense about eighty dollar pair of shoes, and we got twenty dollars off of yours. Yeah, that's crazy. My shoes would have cost forty five dollars. All right. So come on, and, and like it's just funny to me because the salesperson is depending on you to come in and be the kind of person that wants to talk, wants to have a conversation. That's true. And as soon as you walk over to him and go, "Yeah, funny, friendly salesperson, please help me out," that I got you. Yeah, they got you, and they know they got you. So um, it was just kind of weird that uh, you know you were treating that person like a friend. And, of course, the shoes she happened to recommend are the most expensive women's shoes in the store. Yes, they are. Right? Oh. You could have told her, I need some some high heel pumps for my job. And they would have been like, okay, here's some Skechers shape-ups. They're $80. You know what I'm saying? She just wants to sell you the most expensive shoes. That's right. She was just hustling you. You know what I'm saying? You can't trust the motherfucker's dog. So, it was just kind of, I don't know, it was just kind of funny. Um, Alright, so... uh. This dude at the gym always asked for a ride. Uh-huh. And he never asked me because I already told him I live in the opposite way he wants to go anyway. And I pretty much leave there on on my own accord. And I have shit to do all the time. So it's like, no. You know, I don't like doing that. I don't like But, um, it's kind of funny, though. I told everybody they should carry a couple of beers around in their gym bag. And whenever he comes over to ask for a ride, you crack open a beer and chug it down real quick. And then you go, alright, let's get in the car. And you can't drive my car, you know, because I already got two DUIs. And if police pull us over, remember, you got to switch seats with me. 
You know what I'm saying? That way, uh... Ah, make it so inconvenient for him. He wouldn't want to ride with you. Yeah, that's what I would do. Um, and speaking of, um, picking up packages. Mm-hmm. Um, why is picking up a package always so difficult at our apartment complex office for me? I have no idea. First of all, I go down there, and they always seem to be surprised that I have a package. Ah, in shock. Yeah. Somebody here signed for this damn package. Come on. And it's always like, you know, they spend, they go look around the corner and they take 25 minutes to look for the package and come back. And it's like, there's not that many people that got packages today. I don't believe that. For the UPS drop off 50 items? Come on. Yeah, what are y'all just doing? Just have a dark room full of packages and you just <laughs> throw the shit in there without cutting the light on? There's no order to it? Like, this is ridiculous, man. I never end up getting my shit fast and... Uh, I had to send you to go pick up my package the other day. And, of course, it was something porn-related, guys. So, you know, I try to keep it real. Um, but, yeah, picking up packages is always the worst, man. Um, speaking of packages, mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne's daughter, she's getting some packages lately. She is. Yep. Lawrence Fishburne's daughter allegedly starring in an adult film. Wow. Lawrence Fishburne and Montana Fishburne, that's his daughter, uh... Is actor Lawrence Fishburne's daughter, Montana, a budding adult movie starlet? That's what the gossip sites are alleging as The Matrix actor's 19-year-old daughter reportedly filmed a, a part in an explicit triple X release for Vivid Entertainment in a bid to break into Hollywood. Well, it's good that she did Vivid because Vivid is one of the upstanding porn people. Yeah, they're very straightforward. You're going to get about two or three styles and that's it. Yeah, like, you know, Vivid is one of those people that use condoms in every scene. Yeah. Although their black porn is pretty whack. You know, they use black girls that look just like white girls. Like, I guess a lot of white people must buy Vivid because, like, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of you guys like this chick, but Heather Hunter never did it for me. And it's just because she's just a white girl in dark skin. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of that whole style of Vivid entertainment. But, um, you know, she was, so she did, uh, she did a video for Vivid, which means she probably don't have no ass. And she kind of looks like a father. So that's a little disturbing. Like, who wants to yes, jack off to, to, you know, the Matrix star, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne? Nah, that's not what's hot in the street, sorry. Yeah, no one wants to be like, oh, Morpheus. Oh, what am I watching? No! <laughs> like, is a sperm going to be in slow motion and she going to duck it? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, take the red pill or the blue pill or the E pill. According to TMZ, Montana Fishburne has reportedly inspired was reportedly inspired by celebrity sex tape star turned reality TV star Kim Kardashian. So she's just having a more negative effect on the world by existing. She got wow. everybody doing sex tapes. But Kim, at least Kim Kardashian has somewhat of a butt. Yeah, it was funny too because it's like she's not. Um, Kim Kardashian has no real talent, and she's At only all. she's only famous for doing that sex tape with Ray J and having a big butt. And it's kind of funny because she has made a life out of that. Mm-hmm. And here you go with Montana Fishburne, not nearly as famous. Trying to be Kim Kardashian, and maybe she can be if she does the sex right. I've watched how successful Kim Kardashian became, and I think a lot of it was due to the release of her sex tape, i.e. I have no talent. Uh, Say that again. The Kardashian sex tape was with her ex-boyfriend, the R&B singer-rapper Ray J, became one of adult film, adult entertainment company's biggest hits to date. 
In an unverified Twitter account, which appears to be that of the teenage aspiring star, a tweet suggested that Fishburne was vying for an adult entertainment career. The user wrote, Playboy rejection letter. Sad face. So, she got rejected by Playboy. I ordered new furniture to make me feel better. Can't wait till it arrives. The website also reports that Fishburne's adult film is set to be released in August. So, got something to look forward to. I guess so. Okay. Think it's gonna be about the Matrix. Yeah, I'm about to say, we're into the Matrix porn. It's right there for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Twitter, Kanye West anoints his first follow on Twitter. This is on CNN.com. Isn't wow. that amazing? Wow. The person Kanye followed being is following. That story made CNN. Rapper Kanye West, some are saying, has the funniest Twitter feed of all time. And has been on the popular social networking site for of all for, for all four days and amassed more than three hundred and forty five thousand followers. With celebrities and big brands, that kind of stuff usually happens. In April two thousand nine, CNN and actor Ashton Kutcher battled to see which Twitter account would top a million followers the fastest. What doesn't happen is when a celebrity who is following no one picks you as the sole person he or she is following. For West, that person is an obscure Twitter account assigned to Stephen Holmes of Coventry, England, aka STE-101. Uh, that sounds like the title of a uh, Jeezy album. Um, ah. make, make that was obscure. Holmes' follower account went from about 60 to more than 600 and counting in about two hours after West pushed the button. Homegrown Twitter celebrities aren't new. Earlier this year, comedian Conan O'Brien picked Sarah Killen a 19-year-old who loves candy and peanut butter as his first follow. He tweeted her the now-famous words, Sarah Killen, your life is about to change. And it did. Killen's tweets now go to about 29,500 people now. Damn. How the fuck do I only have 1,500 then? I should be huge. I know. I need to find one famous person to, to, to follow me. I know. Get our numbers up. Come on, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Who is uh, Montana Fishburne following? I don't know. I need to get her to follow me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, So basically, um, Kanye followed one motherfucker and now that dude is kind of famous. Ben Man still critical after being shot by wife. Oh. Friend of of 60-year-old Stephen Trono said that he seemed to be improving after multiple surgeries. Uh, They said his wife, Angelique, I don't know how you spell that or say that. Has been by his side the entire time, aka the um, the shooter. The shooter, yeah. Wow. Police say Angelique uh, apparently asked Stephen to check out the an intruder in the house on the Ben's west side. At some point, she thought that he was the intruder and shot him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, reliable sources say News Channel 21 on Thursday that Toronto was shot five times in the stomach and once in the wrist with a handgun. A longtime friend said Wednesday morning's incident isn't the first traumatic event for the family has been through. When he what whatever he's doing, he's doing it 110 percent. Said Patrick Gisler, another Ben developer. Gisler has been a friend and business partner for 25 years. In fact, he says he's almost like a brother. News on the shooting. The news of the shooting was very traumatic because I had just spoken with him in his office the day before. Friends say the couple's four sons were home at the time. Police said Friday that their 18-year-old son made this 911 call. What the fuck is this dude's like 60-year-old wife 
doing with the gun. There's four, five males in the house. Why, why not give it to one of the people with the good eyesight and the and the good reflexes? Yes, and don't have to worry about Cadillac, Cadillacs, cataracts. And, yeah. And my thing is that damn, she shot like four, five times. What was she packing with? She shot them six times. Was she saying uh? Maybe it's because I only had six shots, but was it like... Damn, she was like, boof, boof, boof. Yeah, she just shot him, and he's like, don't shoot. What'd you say? Shoot. Damn. <laughs> See, you need people good hearing, too, with guns. Um, it's very sad. I'm very concerned about their well-being. Now, friends say the children's father is hanging on to his life. The family has had their share of troubles. Then, 2007, fire officials say Angelique called 911 to say their home in Northern Bend was on fire. Fire investigators say it caused more than $1 million in damage. The cause was never officially determined, meaning the investigators were unable to confirm if it was intentionally said or not. So, yeah, she definitely tried to kill him. Wow. First, she tried to burn him alive. Then, she tried oh. to just say, fuck this, I gotta use bullets. What is his, what's his, what's his insurance policy? Because she about to get paid. I don't know, but in order for her to do a million dollars of damage to your home, you gotta have a million dollar home, right? Gotta sell more. <laughs> yeah, fire officials said on Friday the case is still open and under investigation. Years earlier, friends of Toronto say Angelique found herself in the middle of another house fire in Redmond. When I have had difficult times, he's always been there for me. I try to be there for him when he has challenges. That's what his friend said. Uh, it's hard to see Toronto go through this much. Adversity makes you strong if it doesn't kill you. It makes you strong. We are all hopeful, but we know he is in the fight of his life. Adversity don't make you strong. Getting shot makes you weaker, okay? I don't know why people made that bullshit saying up, but... It makes you weaker, okay? People don't come out of gunshots and jump higher and run faster. Uh... A woman dies after silicone injections and buttocks. Oh. Striving for the perfect body may have cost one woman in California her life. Marissa Lissette Contreras, 22, died of receive, after receiving injections of silicone in the butt. CBS reports, autopsy results are still pending, but she is thought to have died from respiratory problems after the operation. Mm, that sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, it does. Stories like this are all too common. Cosmetic surgeon Michael Kane. Uh, told CBS, I don't know any licensed professionals who would inject large amounts of silicone into the body. Uh, so they just injected it, not like breast implants. Damn. When silicone is used for breast implants, it is medical grade and placed in the body in a capsule. Yeah, so they actually injected liquid silicone into her butt. Oh! Yeah, no plastic anything. Underground cosmetic surgeons are not always so careful using industrial silicone and injecting large quantities of substance rather than implanting it. Uh, silicone injected into the body can have serious medical consequences. These range from heavy scarring to the death uh, from breathing problems as appears to be what happened in the Contreras case. It's easy for an injector to hit a vein. Silicone runs through the bloodstream and goes to the lungs. What a terrible way to die. Police are now hunting for two sisters. Alejandro Viveros and Guadalupe Viveros. That's women's name. Damn, she was paying them under the table then. This don't sound like no official doctors. Mexicans taking all the damn jobs here. Who are believed to be have performed the operation. The two women were taken into custody on June 21st for practicing medicine without a license. According to Los Angeles Times, authorities held sisters on bail for $20,000 and released them. The women have gone on a run and may have fled to Mexico. And this is my thing. I'm sorry. If you ain't got no ass, be happy of your flat ass and keep it pushing. Because it is not worth you getting shot in the ass and dying. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Check out this story. It's a horrible prank. A local mother says she was scared out of her mind, believing her seven-year-old son was being threatened by someone with the Ku Klux Klan. But as it turns out, police working on the case believe it's more a prank than a racist threat of kidnapping. In a story you'll see only on News 10, our Anya Tucker shows us how police say it is being done. He is a seven-year-old who loves to play in his grandmother's Albany front yard. But for a couple of weeks now, this kind of play has been off limits. I can't play outside. You can't play outside anymore? That's because his mother and police say he's the focus of threatening phone calls. They stated that they were going to kidnap the little black boy referring to my son. Kidnap the little black boy? Mm -hmm. Both times. Now how does she know they were referring to her son? Could have been referring to any little black boy, you know? Ah! Maria Benita says her mother began. You know, you know, if she was a, it's a, uh, you know, that she used that as a threat on her too. She just wanted to keep him inside. Try, but I gotta let you go outside and get kidnapped by the KKK. You keep acting up. No money, no. Do your homework for the KKK come and get you. I'll make sure they. Receiving threatening phone calls a few weeks ago. Their caller ID showing the first is coming from this Albany bar. The others from a number belonging to a white power organization in Arkansas. KKK out in Arkansas. Clones are threatening my seven-year-old. But police do not believe that Maria's son is being threatened by the Klan, but rather someone who is doing something called telespoofing. Telespoofing works by disguising your caller ID when you make a call. And it's pretty easy to... Now, now, why would the KKK want to kidnap a black boy? No, they, they kill him. I understand, but kidnap him? What is that gonna do for them? Uh, nothing. He ain't gonna be no no bargaining chip. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's like the least amount of bargaining power you can have in America. We kidnap a little black boy. Uh, call us back. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> card is a service that disguises your phone number and changes it to anything you want it to be. This website actually helped me do it for a small fee. I used... Yes, let's tell the criminals how to do it, please. Ah, yeah, the news is stupid. (laughs) Channel 10's newsroom number as my fake ID, even though I actually called from my own cell phone. So not only has the number been altered, but also the sound of my voice. Now, if you have any black children, I will kidnap them. So who is the Uh, person doing this to Maria's mother and son? Albany police tell us it is likely a nasty and cowardly neighbor. I want them to know the severity of what they did, how far we're going with it, and that we're not going to stop. I'm not going to stop until I get some answers from the police about who this is, and they will be caught. Anya Tucker, News 10. News 10 spoke with the bar owner who's been cleared by police. He also spoke with the mother telling her he feels terrible someone used his caller ID number to make threatening calls to her son. Police consider this a serious prank and plan to prosecute the case for harassment. The weirdest yeah, it's th- a horrible prank. The weirdest thing about this is that 22 people recommended this on Facebook. Wow. Let's track their accounts and see who might be making some calls, alright? Um, uh, and then the last thing was... Uh, the $35 iPad. Let's talk about it. Look, I think you're probably familiar with the product on the left. It is, of course, Apple's iPad. You're probably not familiar with the product on the right. It comes from India, and it doesn't have a catchy name. In fact, at this point, it doesn't have a name at all. But it is still pretty remarkable. 
Now, on an iPad, you can watch a movie, read a book, check your email, and browse the internet. The Indian government, which unveiled its device recently, says its computer can do pretty much all of that. The big difference? This is what happens when you ship the jobs overseas, America. Say that again. They done came up with some better shit than our shit. And you know how we are about money. We will go buy this thirty-five dollar iPod. Okay. And not only that, it, but even if you have to pay, you know, for freight and shipping and all that stuff, uh, we'll get it here in our country. Now unless they ban it or block it, they which they might. The craziest part to me is whenever something goes wrong with this new iPad thing, and you call the help desk, it's gonna go to America. So it's gonna be even different. Ah. The price. The iPad starts at $500 and goes up to more than $800. The Indian computer starts at $35 and they hope to get that down to $10. In recent years, we've seen global society changed by satellite dishes and cell phones. A $10 fully functioning computer could certainly change the world again. So, wow. Yeah. Apple Apple gonna be in trouble then. That's amazing. Cause honey, it dropped down to ten dollars, damn it. We might be shipping from India because I want one and I'm not paying on five hundred dollars. <laughs> I I I'll take the the off the, the what they call it, the uh, knockoffs and keep it pushing. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's just one of those things where it's like this is amazing that that technology exists and you just knew it was a matter of time until somebody did something like that. And that would be revolutionary. To make it that cheap, yeah. And on top of that, Apple will lose billions of dollars because people here, if it costs $10, even, even let, let's say it costs $50 to ship it, I still win. Yep. Like, it's just one of those things where it's, it's actually... It's actually something that could change the world, you know? Yes. If you have something that cheap, it, it could really change the world. So, you ready to get out of here? If you are sexy... Alright, well. Well, obviously, we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing a window, he's catching your people on. Trying to rape him, so y'all don't know. Hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife. You don't have to confess, we're looking for you. We gon' find you. Run tell that, run tell that, homeboy, home, home, homeboy. Dumb, you are really dumb, for real. Was a idiot in the project. So dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. Snatching your people up. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife. They raping everybody out here. We're looking for you. We gon' find you. Run tell that, run tell that, run tell that. Homeboy, home, 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 boy. Woo! Alright. That's a good workout. So, alright, make sure you guys check out uh, the Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm Say That Again, that as in D-A-T-N. Don't forget, you guys, we love to hear from you. We would love to hear your voices. We know we go back and forth on Twitter, but we would love to hear your voices. Our number is 704-557-0186. 
six. Alright, and um, you know, make sure you donate. Go to the blog, the blackouttips.blogspot.com. Click that donate button so we can keep on giving you this entertainment. Yes, and run and tell that. Run and tell that, y'all. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> I love you. You too, baby. Alright. Two-seater, she the one that I would take weed. Vibing to the music, oh, this is how we do it. 